Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena, 16-time WWE champ, saying support Russell Talk because they talk about wrestling, and I like it. So do us all a favor and subscribe, please. And thank you. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble podcast. I am an ecstatic Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by an equally happy Luke Owen. Hello, Wrestle Talk audience. Hello, Oliver Davis. A happy Sunday to you. We are here with this bonus podcast because we're going to be covering NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. So we just wanted to do a very quick, short intro here. Um, as you can probably tell, we both very much enjoyed the show, uh, and you're going to hear how much we enjoyed the show because this show is nothing but praise. It's And this is your fifth podcast this week. In six days. It's, it's two bonus podcasts. One might say, this is more podcast than, than ever. ever. Let's get on with the show. And what? What a show from NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. We're going to kick off talking about the main event, Andrade Cien Almas versus Johnny Gargano, which I'm going to put my cards right on the table. I've continued the star rating system, the Ollie star rating system, after everyone didn't take, uh, think I was too much of a douchebag after the New Japan show, Wrestle Kingdom 12. I've given this five stars. Wow, the whole five stars. The whole five. Crikey. And I do, you know me, I don't like hand out top scores willy-nilly. You don't. You gave Pacific Rim two stars. Yes. I'm, yeah. Uh, so, what a match. Should we, should we kick off with the entrance? Andrade Cien Almas' entrance. Loved it. Coming out with a mariachi band um, and a La Sombra uh, out- outfit. Loved it. Such and a, the, the lucha masks exactly, as well. Exactly, yeah. Loved all of that. I thought it was a really, really great... Like, what I really like about XT is that, like, no matter the show, because they only have, like, you know, say, six or so a year, they always give their champions the big entrance. Mm. Bobby Roode always had, like, the big piano playing up on screen or, like, choir people singing. Uh, for him, Shinsuke Nakamura used to have the, the lad with the uh, violin coming out or, like, an army of violin players mm-hmm. who I was very disappointed never interfered in a match. Um, but uh, Los- oh, um, Andrade Cien Elmas got a mariachi band. I, I, was, I really like that about NXT. It makes the champions feel like a big deal. I feel there's a fly in here. Get out. Uh, I think it's going to be a feature of the show. I genuinely thought that fly was going to stay on the other half of the room. Uh, I I would like Johnny Gargano to also have violinists, but maybe just always playing <laughs> sad music wherever he goes. I mean, actually, before we like we jump in, into the entrances, 
what a video package yeah. to hype up this match. And like, what I really like about this video package is that it, it focused on how Johnny Gargano hasn't had the best run of form since he uh, split with DIY, since Ch- uh, Tommaso Ciampa turned on him mm, at a, last friend. year. His best friend turned him last year in Chicago. And then he, you know, he's losing all these matches, even losing to Fabian Eichner. Who's he? Exactly. That's what NXT wants you to believe. So he, you know, he was losing all of these matches, but then he found a fire. Fire was lit underneath him, while at the same time, Andrade Elmas, but also had a fire lit underneath him as well by Zelina Vega to become the NXT champion. And what was brilliant about this is that it didn't even need their match from Brooklyn last year was it Chicago was it I can't remember which one but yes Brooklyn or Chicago but it was was definitely uh, Brooklyn where they just had that absolutely amazing opening match the match that everyone thought were like oh that'd be alright oh my god it was like one of the best matches of the year and and I like that really played into the actual match but they didn't even need it for the the video package because there's so much story in these characters I hope we're getting across how excited and happy we are right now because we have literally just watched NXT TakeOver Philadelphia and what a very good show overall but this main event I feel you know sometimes like oh yeah that's why I love wrestling. It was so funny because I got here into the studio first and I was watching um, New, uh, New Beginnings and um, you just came in with like this cheery like demeanour about you. It was like, a, hello. I mean, I was happy because when I got into the studio and I saw you brought new tea bags. So that mm-hmm. would put a bit of a smile on my face, a bigger smile than I already had. But it's, it's very rare for you to come in after a pay-per-view this cheery a WWE pay-per-view a WWE no pay-per-view well, because usually you come in and be like oh it was a long show every match was the same don't really have a lot to say about this sort of mm. stuff anymore this pay-per-view on the other hand you came in beaming smile on your face don't get used to it because <laughs> the Royal usually Rumble on these sorts of weekends because apparently there's been some fantastic matches in the, the New Japan shows which I haven't got a chance to see yet I feel like uh, Royal Rumble will find a way to deflate that. They've added three more matches to the card. They have on the all, pre-show. all on the pre-show, which mm. we have not done um, predictions for. But uh, by the way, I might have changed my prediction for. You the can't Royal... do that. Can I not? No. Oh man, it's locked down now. But let's carry on with the the match. Uh, this five star match. What would you give it? If you were to I mean, be so like, well, I, I think that star ratings are for douchebags, so um, I would not be giving a star rating for this. So Johnny's family is in attendance. They were shown backstage earlier, and Candice LeRae, recent NXT signee, Johnny Gargano's wife in real life, uh, Mauro Ranello, who was on fire for this show. He just, he was so passionate, and he just, he made everything feel really significant, like classic Jim Ross style. Uh, he had such an on-the-nose line. But he's so sincere and earnest in the way he delivers these this stuff. I didn't mind it. He said Johnny's father really wanted to be here, but he's he's just had quadruple heart bypass surgery. As we all know, Johnny's got one of the biggest hearts in <laughs> wrestling. I was like, oh! Just like, the, the, I, I don't follow NXT week to week, but the, the, the video packages... The, the commentary, but most importantly, the show-don't-tell story, storytelling of the performers in the ring through physicality and just trash-talking each other, told you everything you needed to know about this feud. This was a show of stories. Every, every match had a story to, to hook everything on, and that's what you need. It doesn't feel repetitive like the main roster. But yeah, oh, it's such good stuff. So jo- Johnny's family are at ringside. The championship's really built up like a big thing. It feels tangible. Just before we uh, go on there, you talked about how great Morrow was. Mm. I had a certain sense of dread in me when this show started because my boy Nigel McGuinness wasn't there 
And I was like, oh no. I mean, I love Morrow, but Percy has been like more or less non-existent in NXT commentary. I'm pretty sure, all told, he says about three things per month. Mm. And I was just like, this is going to be really difficult. But you know what? Percy Watson stepped up his game, and I thought he was really great on this show. I thought him and Morrow worked together so well. And it wasn't... It's, I'm not saying that Nigel always overshadows Percy, but I think because you didn't have Nigel there being so good, it allowed Percy to kind of step up and show that he can do this. And credit where credit's due, I thought he was really good on this show. I'll have to disagree, I'm afraid. I didn't think he was bad, but he was he was, uh, he was was background for me. Well, he, it, was, it was a Morrow commentary booth. Uh, and the, the only time I really noticed Percy was when he did one of the things I hate with my pet peeve. Oh! It's like, don't just say non-verbal I, noises. I, see, I disagree because I like that. Okay. And like, you don't like it when Corey Graves does it either, but I like I like because it makes the commentators sound like they're getting involved in the in the action and, yeah. and are, well, are, are popping for things as well. It doesn't really happen in actual sports. Slow-paced beginning not, not actual sport, for though. the actual... Uh, but we want to believe it is. <laughs> Uh, slow-paced beginning at the start. You know, it was a few exchanges, some nice uh, reversal stuff, yeah. stuff. And I thought, like, as soon as they started, just the pace of the opening exchange, I thought, this is going to go a while. This is this is how you structure a long match. Unless you're a Carter or an Omega, in which case you do the last five minutes of a match for 50 minutes. Well, so, again, I'm going to respectfully disagree because this was it was, it was slow. But it was also incredibly fast-paced. And not only that, but it was like going for finishes mm. straight away. But it, it was all about reversals, counters. Yes. And, and it was just brilliant. It was, it was shown that both guys are quite evenly matched. And then that sort of told throughout the entire match itself. Mm. And I, I really, really loved that. I, I thought it was really great. I, I, I'm not saying it as a doubt. No, no, that I wasn't don't a criticism. But uh, yeah, you know, you can sort of tell how these things are going to go. But I wasn't prepared for how incredible it was going to get. So we'll just run through some spots. I mean, too many to to mention, really. Totally just a few. There was a there was one where uh, Almas did a moonsault, but Gargano rolled out of the way. Almas landed on his feet and did a standing moonsault anyway. I, that that was beautiful. What I loved about that is that is when um, Almas first came into NXT. That was just a spot for him. Mm. He did that in every single match, and it just felt so staged and hokey. But he hasn't done it. I don't think he's done it since his heel turn. Mm. So when he pulled it out there, I actually popped for it. Even though I've seen him do it a thousand, you know, a hundred times. I actually popped for it again because I haven't seen it in so long. I thought it was a really, really great spot. It was, it was a perfect use for it as well. Because at the, at the point it was in the match where it's like, I've used everything I can. I'm having to go to, to this, these sorts of wells mm. in order to hit these spots. But there was just so many things like Gargano avoiding the... Uh, like So he was caught in the ropes. And um, I almost went to go to do the double foot stomp and missed... And Gargano quickly got up, just grabbed him overhead, belly to belly, straight into the corner. There's just so many things. It was all about uh, just catch and release. It was all about counters, reversal, big move, counter, reversal. It was just wonderful stuff throughout. Evenly matched rather than just the heel getting the heat on the baby face, which can't, which works. That's like the stereotypical model for a wrestling match. But, you know, I, not all the time. It feels like we see that structure all the time. This was, like you say, just great. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't think... Well, I gave it five stars. <laughs> I couldn't... Uh, I can't think of a better you move, I move run of things. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's all good. It's, like, very good. But this is still only the first 10, 15 minutes <laughs> of the match. Much, yeah. Like, there was, like, an amazing set of moves. And they did this double down. 
And I was like, well, that, yeah. yeah. And I was like, this is just so good. The crowd was like electric mm. through this as well. This, but that, but that, that double down was when it sort of just shifted another gear. And then that was the first stand innovation from the crowd. Only 10, 15 minutes in, it went another 10, 15 minutes, which is insane. Uh, I don't actually know the full length, but it was Gargano and Almas were on the top rope. Gargano tried to do a sort of sunset sunset flip powerbomb off the turnbuckle, but Sien did a moonsault reversal and hit the knees on Gargano, went for the second knees, Gargano moves out the way, Gargano goes to spear through the ropes, Sien catches him and does like a thum and then face plants him, and then he does a... I can't then, they, then he uh, threw him into the corner and did um, uh, like reverse DDT yeah, out of yeah, the corner yeah. off the top rope. And then it was a near fall and double down and the crowd was just going crazy yeah ah and that was the first moment where i was like okay this is really good <laughs> uh so gargano slingshot ddt onto, onto the, the apron. apron i could see them setting it up as well because they they'd done this spot i mean he does this spot a lot but mm. they did this spot on nxt tv uh just before the uh, the show there on the last wednesday show i almost took it out like absolute beauty like a proper rob van dam cell of a, of a ddt where you just kick right up and you just basically just go head down and he was sitting up on the apron and i was like I mean, logistically, I'm not sure this can work. There's not enough room to do this. Because, like, you need two guys to be, like, the same width apart. They managed it. And it was really incredible. They loved the apron spots. Uh, <laughs> you know, hardest part of the ring. I did, It just feels so much more dangerous, like two men on a cliff edge when they're out there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's getting really good now. Cien is so quick. Like, just, there were a few bits where he was... he. Like, they were just in a, I think it was like a rest hold, but Cien just did a, a flip, not a flip, but he, he just rotated his body round and was on the other side of Gargano, like that. Just little, really quick things. It's funny, because a lot of people have said that Andrade Cien Almas hasn't reached his potential that he should have had in, since going to NXT. He came in as a baby face, he was just the blandest of the bland as well. Like, he had a hat and some suspenders, and everyone was just like, yeah, I mean, you know, he when he was in Mexico, everyone was like, he's the next big thing he's the next he could be the the next big star in america canes went xt and didn't really kind of like the world on fire he just had a, a string of average matches but recently he's almost like he's found his call mm. he's found like his fire in him not just in storyline purposes but in real life as well i loved the match that he had with gargano last year loved the match he had with drew mcintyre uh, at the takeover show last year and then i loved this match as well just really think that he is just he's on another level and i never thought i would say that because i was at a point where i was like oh, i'm over almas mm. like he, he just hasn't done it for me well the, the thing that's changed is selena vega yes yeah absolutely, that yeah. package as a unit and it makes so much it wasn't just like oh we don't know what what we're doing with him let's just chuck a person with him it really makes logic sense logic sense Legit, well, whatever <laughs> logic sense logic stuff sense. bad stuff bad uh where did Almas is this party boy that's why his character's a bit off the rails but Vega his business associate comes into the picture and focuses him and I love the way she yells out instructions yep. like there's a bit where Almas was sort of dazed after he hit a move and she just screamed out knees and he went and did the double knees in the corner on Gargano like a manager would do yeah like it just really makes sense or that business associate I think she is yeah because uh, WWE don't like managers that's why Brock, uh, Brock Paul Heyman yeah. is an advocate so Vega, like Vega, starts distracting Gargano, but uh, there was an amazing near fall where Vega distracted Gargano, but Johnny got Almas into a pin anyway, and after a super kick, and that was a great near. Well, fall. there was there was a spot when he had 
uh, Alma set up to do the DIY kick that he used to do with mm. Tommaso Ciampa. But Vega like grabs his foot, and you're like, oh, okay, well, that's it's a spot you see a lot. So that's going to lead to Almas getting the heat. And it didn't. Like Johnny just reversed it yet again and just hit the DIY kick from the other side mm. of the ring, just avoiding Vega. And it was that was the first bit of... Uh, I think a lot of people could say that oh, there was maybe too much interference from Zelina Vega, but I actually thought that each one of them was just picked for the perfect spot that they needed to be, especially because you got the payoff for it mm. right at the end, which we will come on to in a minute. Totally agree. And uh, then there was the uh, some more apron stuff <laughs> where an incredible double stomp from Almas off the turnbuckle. Gargano's on the, the outside of the ring post turnbuckle area, so he's, his body's over the apron, and it's a stomp from Almas onto the apron. Crazy stuff. And then what I... So that was good, but I really liked the image afterwards, which was Almas ramming Gargano against the LED ring apron. Yeah. Like, really viciously. It showed great aggression. Yeah. And Gargano's set... Like, Gargano's selling through the entire match was something else. Because here he just... He's dazed. Just looking like that. And, ah, what a baby face. He is... Okay, so I would say that in the last... Ten years in WWE, there have been three amazing baby faces. That's pure baby faces, pure, like pure baby faces, and that has been Daniel Bryan, Sami Zayn in NXT, mm. and now Johnny Gargano. And I think that Gargano has that he could be the Sami Zayn that we haven't had since he went up to the main roster. Mm. And like he's just so good at being that pure baby face that he's just he's the underdog that you just want to see win. And boy howdy did this crowd want to see him win and it's a concept that a lot of dazed fans us included sometimes say you can't have a pure baby face in this day and age it's about tweeners and heels and cool cool heels but no this is like gargano is a blue-eyed baby face in the purest form and people are behind him and they want to see him win and uh, so after that spot uh almost rolls him in Get, like goes for the pin, but Gargano does a really strong kick out. A kick out, but not like a kick out New Japan where you just get up and say, chop me. <laughs> he he gets up and then he like goes, he fires up a bit, but then collapses again. It was beautifully done. Yeah. Uh, where are we? This is just... Uh, <laughs> well, we got the uh, the double knees into the corner from uh, from Almas, yes. and that was another great kick out there. But then Fight you got forever chance. Fight forever chance. God, the, the crowd was so great for this, as they usually are for NXT shows, mm. especially if you're in so, like a town like Philadelphia, a really hot wrestling crowd. And then, um, I mean, I'm just going through my notes here. Then you locked in the guy Gargano escape. Yes. And that was a spot that they've been really building to all match was was Johnny locking in his submission hold. And there you had Selena Vega again mm. interfere by grabbing Gargano's hand, almost stopping him from tapping and just helping him reach the ropes. And the crowd was so like nuclear hatred for, for Vega interrupting in this match. And that, that caused Dumpa Lumpa referee yeah. to go over and you know tell Vega to stop that and then Almas rake the eyes yes. of Gargano breaking up that submission. Uh, but you'd think, and again, what I loved about this match, you'd think that would be another spot because the manager has interfered. This leads to Almas getting the heat, right? No, this led to Johnny Gargano doing a tope suicida onto, onto Andrade Almas. Suicida! Mamma mia! And then, Mamma mia chant as oh, well yeah, at one yeah. point of the crowd. Love that. Vega then does a hurricanrana on Gargano onto the ring steps and uh, uh, Gargano gets in, then Cien hit something but then it's an amazing kick out yeah. and the crowd are going nuts yes chance and then Moro's like you know they, we've already pointed out the similarities with Daniel Bryan 
Uh, really great stuff. Vega, so G Gargano's now on, on the outside. He sort of rolled out after that pin attempt. And Vega comes round to get Gargano. And that's when... And I forgot. <laughs> I forgot I as forgot well. I forgot she was at ringside. I completely forgot. The camera is positioned perfectly. Vega's coming. I'm like, don't you dare. And Candice LeRae, Gargano's wife, jumps the barricade. You don't see that. You just see her fly in and take out. Uh, I so big for, for Candice really LeRae. Good. Thank you, Candice Chance. She was just wailing on Vega because you could feel, again, through actions rather than the, the, the commentators having to mm -hmm. tell you this, through her actions, you could just see her frustration in watching her husband try to win the NXT Championship and this little this pest constantly interfering it. And she was just wailing on her, wouldn't let her go, chased her out of the arena and we're down to just these two guys in the ring. That, yeah. And that's why her interference worked within the match. It wasn't just... It's it's not like the Singh brothers for Jinder mm. where you're just doing it to set up the finish. It was doing it to tell a story that can further Gargano's character. And it furthers Candice LeRae's character. This is as ostensibly her, her debut in NXT. Mm. I'm using big air quotes for podcast listeners. Take a drink, um, uh, and this this kind of tells you everything you need to know about her character. Mm. What a uh, such a great spot in the match! Really, yeah, like you said, a great way to debut someone, and then then it just comes down to Gargano and Almas, and then like you, the crowd, the crowd sense it. The air changes. It's been a great match so far. Now it's going to go into another gear, uh, and they just go at it. Gargano selling is superb, and then Gargano is on the ring apron, and he's he's sort of like selling up against the ring post, the turnbuckle, and they have a close-up, and I'm like, why are his lips black? <laughs> What's happened here? Is he selling? I I, by this point, I forgot I was watching a wrestling match. I, You know, a, a made-up wrestling match. I was watching just a, just a film. You know, mm -hmm. I was watching... Yeah. Uh, and, like, like the a really invested end sequence in Captain America's Civil War when they're just fighting, and there's all that emotion behind it when Captain America's pummeling Iron Man. And uh, Almas hits a brutal-looking double knees. Sorry, before that, oh, you, sorry. there was another Gargano escape. There was a slingshot DDT and a Gargano escape, and that's when the crowd was yes. super, because Vega had been oh. taken out of the match, and Candice was gone as well. Mm. And that was the point the crowd so much, so bought into uh, to Almas tapping. And he came so close to tapping. It was brilliant selling by, by Almas. Oh, like what a great spot. But he managed to get to the ropes. Yeah, he rolls to the outside, onto the ring post. And then those double knees yeah. I mean it's, it's like the safest spot in the world because you as the person aren't actually being hit because it needs to go either side of you if anything it hurts almost more than it does anyone straight else straight into the straight dick into the, exactly just straight into the crotch here's my dick but it, it's the attitude era yeah but it was just what a great looking spot and again it's perfect selling by Gargano because he's just got the dazed expression on his face of just like i I the lights are on, but no one's home. Mm. And Morrow is selling that so beautifully on commentary as is Percy. Back into the ring. Hammerlock DDT. A spiked Hammerlock DDT. Just like the extra little pinch of salt to finish off Gargano. Mm. Almas wins. Obstensively clean. Which I really, really like. Because heels can win clean. They don't always need to cheat to win. And it makes them much more credible when they win great finish to the match just what a tremendous match especially on his first proper big stage title yes. defence as well you want to build him up doesn't hurt Gargano at all because you know he was screwed around with for a lot of the match in the in the early bits that uh, that last Gargano escape I very rarely yell at the TV when I'm watching wrestling uh, but I, I his foot's on the ropes <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, and Amore was playing it up like uh, 
you know, we've got to think, should Gargano, should this match be called off so Gargano can live to fight another day? Oh. Like, we're all behind him. We don't want to see him go out. And it was just, yeah. And then they, uh, the post-match celebration where Almas walks off and then Johnny stands up and everyone's clapping respectfully. He walks up the ramp with Candice LeRae. There it is. Yeah. There's the copyright logo. It doesn't mean anything anymore. And that it's on and it fades off. And then who should come out? But Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano's former best friend and DIY tag team partner in a knee brace with the crutch. And he wallops uh, Gargano from behind. I, that crutch must have been made out of adamantium because it left such an impression mm. on Johnny Gargano's back. Like, I mean, I've not been hit with a crutch, but like, I mean, it, it bent like it was made of, bri- of biscuits. Yeah. Like it broke like it was made of biscuits, but... It left such an impression on him, like on his back, and such marks. I was like, "Lord, what was that thing made out of?" Yeah, you can hear Candice LeRae going, "Your back's bleeding." Yeah, uh, in in the in the fade out. Uh, Champa was limping a lot, so I assume he's nowhere near ready to come back. Still, maybe a few months off. Uh, but yeah, I was I was kind. Of, there was a bit where Champa was there, and I was like, "Oh my!" I th- I thought he was reaching down. I thought he was going to take off the knee brace. Yeah, and we were going to go, "Holy crap!" But I really appreciated that angle happening here rather than in the match like we both thought it would to cost Gargano the victory because now Almas looks fantastic Gargano looks fantastic Champa looks fantastic every like what more what bigger compliment is there to say five people came out of this match significantly more over and believable than they did going into it incredible stuff and yet you still don't watch NXT week to week the Wrestle Ramble will be right back after these short messages this episode of Wrestle Ramble is brought to you in part by Patreon for just $5 a month, you'll get access to the exclusive Wrestle Ramble Extra, where Ollie and I review classic pay-per-views from the past. This month, Patreon backers will get our review of Wrestle Kingdom 10, which featured an all-time classic between Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles. And if you help us reach our next Patreon goal, we'll be able to livestream episodes of Wrestle Ramble on YouTube, as well as new perks like NXT and Ring of Honor reviews. So head over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk for more information and support WrestleTalk. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. By the way, uh, we both predicted that. We both predicted Almas would win correctly. So we're just going to do a quick play-by-play of the rest of the card. A, a very good card, mm. uh, but you know, nothing touched that. Oh, uh, I, actually, you know what? I almost disagree. I, think that, I thought it was a tremendous double main event. Mm. Uh, so really good opening package with Paul Heyman talking about Philadelphia and Extreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you get the, the sad news that Nigel McGuinness is under the weather and wouldn't be on commentary. And the opening match was Undisputed Era beating Authors of Pain to retain... I mean, sanity, right? That was the match the, on the Yeah, cup. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they did turn up. <laughs> did uh, show up. <laughs> probably ruling out the Rumble appearance, yeah. uh, which we both correctly predicted as United, uh, United <laughs> Undisputed Era. Uh, I gave this three and a half stars. On the douchebag rating system. On the douchebag rating system. <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoyed this because this was... Again, it wasn't like your... He went right in front of the camera there. It wasn't like your typical uh, WWE tag team match because Mm. you had... Like, O'Reilly and Fish, they had so many spots, but it was all about the domination of Authors of Pain and just, like, no matter what... No matter what Undisputed Era threw at them, they just kept standing back up. Even when they had one of them down on one knee because Mm. they'd injured his left leg, he was still just getting back up. And it was that... It was the left leg that played right into the finish because they went for the super collider, but O'Reilly used the momentum backwards to kind of topple him off, send him into it, send him outside the ring, and they were able to. Oh, it just was a great little spot, like a great finish to this. I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was a solid match. Uh, it didn't really grab me particularly. I did the story, like the story you said was good. That, the great thing about this show is that everything had a really solid story going in, and then they built on that story with the actual physicality. But yeah, the. Uh, that that was a really neat finish because I genuinely thought, oh, botch, uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's lost, he's lost his balance and he can't do the super collider. But then when it when I saw it playing into the finish, uh, where it was uh, Carlo Riley did a hurricanrana, it sent um, Akam into Razor, knocking Razor out the ring, and then O'Reilly could get the roll up pin on Razor. Really good, uh, Carlo Riley. I just he's one of my favourite people to watch wrestle. He's so good. The way he moves, I love it. I know a lot of people seem to they they kind of rag him a little bit because he pulls really wacky facial expressions, but I just think he's absolutely brilliant. There was also a wicked spot in this when they had um <laughs> essentially he had um Kyle Riley in like a, a fall away slam position, but Bobby Fish jumped up onto his back to do mm. like a chokehold thing, and <laughs> Razor just fell backwards, threw O'Reilly over his head, and squashed Bobby Fish, and I was like. Oof, made me feel very uncomfortable because that's a heavy man to fall on top of you. You know how each promotion kind of has a certain thing that they like to do? I feel like NXT tag teams 
double submission spots. <laughs> yeah. We've got to get our double submission spot in. But there was, yeah, as you said, there was a um, uh, sanity interference during the match as well. Which as Not you... this one. Sanity interference? Not here. Oh, you're that right. Was... That was later on. Yeah, sorry. God, why am I, why am I obsessed? You love sanity so It's much. because, I, okay, I was thinking of something else. Uh, so then they show War Machine and in the crowd. That's why I thought of it, because I was going to say, I really wish it was War Machine that interfered right. rather than sanity, but I'll come on to that later. Hanson and Ray Rowe are shown in the crowd. They, of course, signed with NXT a couple of weeks ago. Then we had Velveteen Dream beating Cassia Sono, which we both correctly predicted. Uh, I gave this four stars. Was, which is a very high score. I thought this was, oh, although a very good match, it was the worst match on the card. I disagree. It was my second favourite match, just because, or maybe a third favourite. I mean, they're all very good. I I just, Velveteen Dream. He's so great. Is so great. And he was sloppy. Uh, there were a few spots, and uh, I don't know what went wrong, but it seemed to be Dream's fault rather than one of the best wrestlers in the world, Chris Hero. <laughs> uh and but it doesn't matter because he the way he presented himself it just he really made me feel like old school Jericho in that when he approaches a feud he uses the person he's feuding with's gimmick against them yeah and it that gets him over because he's like this you know I'm I'm so egotistical I'm gonna beat you at your own game which is in this case uh, Cassius Ono's master of not artist knockout artist whatever yep. and uh, Velveteen Dream well I'm gonna knock you out in 30 seconds he made that call and he was like because Philly a boxing town Rocky after all mm. it was like a, this, this whole boxing thing he was wearing like boxing shorts that I, I, mean, I love his gimmick of just like he has his he has custom-made gear for the pay-per-view that he's on. Like he had Alistair Black gear uh, last time. This time he had Cassius Ono, like Cassius Ono pasted on his shorts. Love that because we haven't seen that really since Rick Rude. Mm. And I've written one. I think it's such a nice touch yeah. for his character. And he was over like a superstar on mm. this show. The crowd. Love Velveteen so much that even when he was the heel and you did spots where the babyface was, you know, making a comeback, the crowd were booing Cassius Ono because they just wanted to see Velveteen Dream win. A uh, little disclaimer: he is tall. <laughs> <laughs> he looks around. You see it six this time, did you? Yeah, 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 I see it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, but because he said thirty seconds, the match started off with the crowd counting up to thirty. And, and he got and he got there. Well, and then and then like twenty seven seconds in, Dream just hits. A hero from out of nowhere, oh, Ono, and Ono falls down, and he looks like he's knocked out. Dreams celebrating, but it's like you could have, if you pinned him there, you could have won the match. But yeah. he wanted the knockout. Really good stuff, uh, and just yeah, the way they structured it, I, I loved it. I, I really, it's like it wasn't the cleanest match, but Dream is so captivating to me as a character, and just the the presentation he he puts in. I, yeah, that's why I gave it four stars. Really, yeah. really liked it. Gargano is shown backstage with his family and Candice LeRae as her first appearance. And then we had Shayna Baszler beating Ember Moon. Which we did not predict. You and I thought that Baszler was going to win the title here. And I, throughout this match, totally bought that to finish they were going to do. I was I was getting vibes of Lesnar Cena from SummerSlam. I was, I, that's mm. where I really thought we were going with this. I gave this three stars. I uh, thought this was better than mm. you have uh, credited for. I really, really <coughs> liked this match. I, I thought it, I just think Shayna Baszler is so good. She's very new to the, the the wrestling game, so to speak. So she is 
you know, she she's not as polished, perhaps, as some of the other female wrestlers they have on the roster, but she has a superstar quality about her. She carries herself like a superstar. Really into Ember Moon as well. I think that she's got a really great... She also has got such great charisma, and they both work together very, very well. And they told an excellent story uh, throughout this match once again, including uh, doing the Dakota Kai spot that they'd done on NXT a couple of weeks ago, where Shayna just stamps on her arm. And it just, I, I don't know how they do it. They just mm. managed to bend it in some way that looks like they've broken their own arm. No. And it's just, oh, it looks so vicious, looks so brutal. And then that kind of played into the whole match, which was then Baszler trying to lock in the armbar and Moon just constantly fighting out of it. Mm. Yeah, so that's where it kind of fell down for me. It's like, I, I see the story that you're telling. I'm not a fan of that story. I, I thought the, uh, the, the submissions went way too long. Uh, it's such a cool spot. And it's only been going on for a couple of weeks now. Why would you do that spot a third of the way in? So the arm break, the seemingly arm break spot. And then Shayna, this legit fighter who has, like you said, such ring presence. She gets her in an arm bar, which is her thing. Why isn't Ember Moon tapping immediately? Because now that arm break spot doesn't really mean anything because I know, yeah, Ember Moon fighting champion. Wow. I, I, I don't... Moon doesn't connect with me. I know she does for a lot of people, but, you know, doesn't. not everyone connects with everyone. Jeff Hardy never connected with me. So uh, the, so I don't buy into Moon's comebacks as much. And but Baszler came out with that wicked Goldberg entrance, but no one with her. So it's like, that's how much of a... Un, that's how unlike she is backstage. Just She walks out there. She's just a badass. And uh, uh, it's it makes... Shayna looks so realistic... And Ember Moon doesn't, just like ring gear wise. She looks em- like a, she always looks like a Mortal Kombat character. Yeah, whereas Shayna looks like oh she's gonna hurt someone. I just okay. I did I didn't like I I get it I get no, why no, you did no, no, it because no, no, Shayna I'm- you know is sadistic and she'll pick apart. The, but yeah, I was actually going to completely agree with you, and I'm going to say you're absolutely <laughs> not wrong on that. And you're right that the what my criticism of this match would be that the arm break spot now means less than it did when she did it on Dakota Kai and when she did it in Ember Moon first, you know, in this match. Um, and I, I'm not saying you're wrong there. I think you're actually very much right on that. But I, what I really liked about, about this match was the finish, which was it was the going for the arm breaker, which might have gone on a little bit too long. But Baszler just let go of her concentration for the briefest of brief moments and that's what cost her the match and Ember Moon was able to stack her up get the pinfall and for me the real brilliance of this was the selling of Baszler afterwards when she would got pinned she looked up and she was like oh I'm such an idiot for falling for that that shouldn't have happened I should be NXT Women's Champion I should have won that match I thought she was really really great in the post match and then looked brutal when she locked in her, her submission mm. on Ember Moon on the ramp I just think that it's coming out of that. It's very difficult to book this kind of match where you have got this do- a dominating character like Shayna who is going to lose to have her remaining strong and still looking like that killer at the end of it. And I thought they really did that within... They, they managed to keep hold of that within the storytelling that they did in the match, particularly in the finish. Mm, yeah, just... Uh, I wasn't a fan. That's fine. And that's yeah. fine. Uh, then Ricochet's in the crowd. Hi, Ricochet. How you doing? Yeah. Uh, Alice Trevor, Trevor Ricochet Man. Trevor. I hope they just call him Ricochet because I, Trevor Man is not a wrestler's name. 
but Ricochet Man is. <laughs> ricochet Man is. Ricochet Man. The Ricochet, ricochet Man, man can. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Trevor Man is not a wrestling name. And then we had the last match we'll cover, which was the, uh, the not semi-main event, but the, the second to last. Alistair Black the semi-main event. beating Adam Cole. I've given this four and a quarter stars. Yeah. I, I, I loved it. And we both called it right. Uh, no, we didn't. Uh, we had Adam Cole down to win. Crikey, so we did. But Black won. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought uh, Cole was going to get his win back. Um, actually, I forgot about that. I thought I'd written down Alistair Black. Mm. But yeah, you know, there you go. But I, what I really liked about this is that this had a big fight feel to it because the crowd was so into it. This is Austin Chance before that even started. And, I mean, I've said this about a couple of guys, but I really, really mean it with Alistair Black. If Alistair Black is not main eventing WrestleMania in years to come, then this NXT thing's been a complete waste of time. And WWE have no idea what they're doing. Because he is... He's your next CM Punk. He is your... Absolutely, he's your next punk. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, I, I always think punk's appeal is, is Mike's skills. Uh, uh, but Black's cool. Um, I just... I, apart from the tattoos, mm. I don't think there's much of a similarity, actually. And kicks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I guess style of offense, but I mean, Blacks is well, a lot more believable. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic, but he's what kids. I what I mean in that is just like Punk was a guy that the crowd just wanted to always see on top. They just absolutely loved him. And you're right, part of that was down to his mic skill, but the other part of it was down to his just complete in ring, uh, just the the superstar aura that he always carried with him. And I think that Black has that in absolute spades. And I just think that he is a guy that, they, that you can build around. Uh, I just think he's so good. He's just got absolutely everything you would want from a professional wrestler. Definitely a solid upper mid-carder. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. That was just an eye, Luke. Uh, so yeah, this is an Extreme Rules match in Philly, of course. And uh, they the, the, the sort of psychology at the start was both men getting weapons, but then Black being like, no, I'm not going to use it. Uh, throwing away the kendo stick a really good spot after a few of these was where both men have chairs they're in the ring facing off and Black just goes nope and he throws it to one side and Cole just got this big grin on his face it was the kendo stick was it it kendo kendo stick stick, sorry Uh, Cole's got this big grin on his face he's like you stupid (laughs) stupid man (laughs) I'm gonna hurt you now and he goes to whack the kendo stick but Black like you know misses uh, so he dodges stuff for a bit and then Springboard Moonsault Cole clobbers him in the abdomen. He just, oh man! And I thought, like that was a shot that was like, man, like Mm. that. He hit him hard. That's pretty brutal. I don't, you know, it. When you start a match like that, where your first weapon spot is something that is like just really hard, you're like, man, you've only got to go further up than this. You wonder where you're going to go, and I mean, they went to a place that. I would argue was probably incredibly stupid, but like you know, we'll we'll come on to that. Well, uh, I so that that was good, and then the next ten minutes sort of went off the boil for me, and this is because, and it's no one's fault, it's just a freak accident. Adam Cole really quite brutally cut his hand open; it was just covered in blood. And at the first, I was like, "Is his leg bleeding? Where exactly is he bleeding?" Because of course, everything he touches on his body now has blood on it. Uh, but it was it was the source of that. It's like the old joke where a man goes into uh, a doctor's and he says it hurts here, it hurts here, it hurts here. You got a broken finger because <laughs> he's touching yeah. all his body. But uh, yeah, so it goes. It went off the boil for a bit because 
rightly so, the referees and the medics were trying to stop the bleeding and it led to uh, Black going outside and setting up more weapon spots just to stall. Uh, yeah, they, they I, improvised I, as well enough as they could, but it did. That's why I didn't rate it higher. I thought they hit it quite well. <laughs> I mean, the crowd obviously booed it because yeah, that's what the crowd is going to do. But I actually thought that through uh, replays and through Black going outside to kind of set stuff up, I actually felt that they covered up for it much better than you're giving it credit no, for. No, no, and, no. and I don't think that it really took the match too much off the ball because I didn't think. Are Black setting that up there because Adam Cole is getting attention? I was like, well, that Black's doing this because that's what the, sure. that's what you know this match is is here to do. I mean, for me, uh, and it's this is kind of a double edged sword because you want the crowd to be involved, but then again, I kind of like I get really irritated when crowds be like, just on Spanish chant, we want tables, and then when you don't set up a table spot, they just boo, mm. and I'm like, don't be a dick, like just let them tell the story that they want to do. Like, you'll get your table spot eventually. Uh, I, I agree they covered it as best they could like everything went right but if the hand didn't bleed mm. and the the medics didn't have to attend to it I think it would have been a better match mm-hmm. that's, that's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying I'm not, I'm not, not doing uh, you wrong so yeah then uh, it's, uh, the the, the extreme yeah the extreme feel kind of stalled because of you stop it with blood when blood shows up. So Black is on the turnbuckle after setting up all this up, and Cole throws a chair to him. Black catches the chair, and Cole does a super kick on the chair onto Black's face, and Black just like Neste plunge falls back. Just falls Real back. good, trustful. You got to trust those tables yep. onto two tables. Uh, so that was brutal. Then equally brutal. This is this the was spot. the spot this you didn't spot. like. So Adam Cole sets up two chairs in the ring. So they're they're set up so you can sit on them and the parts uh, the seated parts are facing each other and he looks at it and he goes no 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 so he turns the chairs so they're back to back so now rather than a flat surface that you're landing on you've got this peak of the backs of the chairs and he turns round black gets him and effectively does an attitude adjustment onto or a death eye driver onto the uh, peaked backs of the chairs it t- he took it all in his lower back it was I awful. screamed absolutely screamed I've not listened to the Wrestling Observer review of this Brian wasn't happy I was about to say I could almost hear Brian Alvarez being so upset with this spot because it's the sort of spot that you're just like you'll look back in years to come and be like why did I do that Mm. because it just it, it I don't think it adds to the match like just because like it would have worked exactly the same way if you'd have had the chairs you know with the seated parts facing each other it's just, I mean, it was an incredible visual. Like, it really was. Yeah. And, you know, credit to, to both guys, and specifically credit for Adam Cole for, for taking it. And, you know, I trust that he knew how to do it safely, and I'm sure that he's absolutely fine. But, man, like, when he did, I was like, that. I, I mean, maybe it's just because I have a very bad back. And every time I see back issues, like, you know, back spots like that, it makes my back twinge mm. a little bit. And I was just like, man, I just feel really bad for him. It, I screamed. It just looked like it was the most painful thing in the world. I think anyone with a back <laughs> is going to... Uh, yeah, so most vertebrates in the world, snakes are fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> I take that every day of the week. Uh, so, yes, this this was... And then it, was, uh, it went into what seemed to be the finish. Black hit a knee onto a chair onto Adam Cole and got the pin. One, two... Of course, the undisputed era pull Black out, breaking up the pin. And they, they beat up uh, Black for a while. They go to put him through the announcer's table when... Sanity run out. There this is go. where Sanity interfered. I thought it was in the other undisputed era match, but this is where Sanity interfered. And I do... like 
maybe it's just because you're you're absolutely right when you say this probably rules out the Royal Rumble spots this or a Royal Rumble debut for Sanity because this kind of embroils them back now into a feud with Undisputed Era for the NXT Tag Team Championships. I just I kind of wish it was War Machine. I kind of wish it was War Machine that did that. And again, like a great place to debut them as a as a big team, as a big man team, puts them straight into the championship picture. I don't know. Maybe I'd have just I'd have liked to have seen not Sanity in this role. But that's maybe that's just me. I I, I didn't mind it at all. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that maybe I'd, I probably would have preferred it to be someone else other than Sanity again. Uh, so then, yeah, Killian Dane does a suicida on everyone. Tope suicida, mamma mia. And uh, takes out everyone. So now it's it's similar to uh, the main event, where once the women were out of the way, it was just the two competitors in the ring. So it was Cole and it was Black. And Cole goes to put Black through an announcer's table. But Black knees Cole through the table. It looked awful. And Maro is flipping out. Uh, so great twists and turns in this match in terms of interference not overbooked it was booked yeah uh, the other thing i was going to say as well but talking about how great morrow was on commentary because he was awesome in this match well, actually i think he was awesome throughout the night but the selling of uh baszler's post-match attack on ember moon mm. was so great because he's like i've called all of i've seen called a lot of baszler's mma matches and i've always had the utmost respect for her but all that respect is gone now with the way she's been acting and i'm like this is passion this is genuine passion and it reminded me so we i was watching nxt in the studio last week as you would you call a little bit because you were working and and i don't do a lot of work around here and they showed an advert for the royal rumble and all of a sudden there was just this bit where michael cole just went oh my god and you audibly went Ugh! and i was like that's the most visceral reaction i've ever heard someone make through a soundbite of Michael Cole doing commentary. Yeah. And, mate, you've got four hours of that tonight. And Stephanie McMahon doing commentary. Yeah. But it, it, it just kind of highlights as well how great Morrow is in his role. It's a, like it's like when you, you watch HD. Like, it, you can watch standard definition and it doesn't really matter. And then you watch HD and there isn't much of a jump. But when you go back from HD to standard definition, oh, it's like, get, what's wrong with my eyes here? That's how I feel about Moro Ranello. <laughs> And Michael Cole, like listening to a bit of Moro and then getting punctured with a surprise promo with Michael Cole's voice in makes me want to vomit. Uh, But yes, Cole then puts... uh, So Black put Cole through the announcer's table. Black rolls him in, but Cole hits a... uh, Super kick. Super kick on Black, but then Black hits a Black mass for the win. Out of nowhere. Wow, great story. Love this match. Really good match. And then uh, the final part, just before the main event, it's like... Every match ended with, oh, look at this guy in the crowd. We got EC3 in the crowd. Under the name EC3. Mm. Yeah, but everyone had their old names. Usually they, when they debut in NXT, they look, here's my name on the Titan Tron, and now it morphs into something else. It's evolving. Maybe maybe we'll see. reference you don't get. Yeah. disagreements in there but a respectful disagreements yeah. not, not like the usual arguments that you and I have not like the revival <laughs> let's, not, let's not revive that argument uh, but I mean like it was it's like the sort of disagreements where everything's so 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 good and then we just have like a few different opinions yeah, exactly. we were both widely in agreement that this was a fantastic show and that main event was you know probably I, I can't it's like when Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate did the UK tournament final last year. Uh, I, I thought, well, that's, you know, the best. And for me, that was the best WWE match of the year. Uh, it sort of happened again now. It's happened very early on. 
I can't see anything in the Royal Rumble topping that. No, the only match I think I can see topping this one, like uh, that I can see into the future, that I can using my mind's eye uh, and my powers of clairvoyance to see, is going to be Gargano Champa. That's mm, the only match ah. I think that might top this as like the best NXT match of the year, because that's going to have. Incre- that's going to have the, the world's greatest video package mm. going in, A, and then it's going to have incredible drama throughout. And I hope it's an absolute war. I think it's going to be absolutely awesome. Yeah, yeah, really looking forward to that. Do you want to well, hear my quick uh, Royal Rumble change? I mean, obviously, I, okay. can't, I can't do this as a, an actual prediction change because you locked that down, unfortunately. But I, I was thinking about it yesterday, uh, and I was like, oh, I'm an idiot for not seeing this because all of a sudden then everything makes sense. So my prediction is that Finn Balor is going to win. And here's why. Finn Balor is going to win. We know that the Elimination Chamber is a raw pay-per-view. So I think that Balor is going to jump over to SmackDown to challenge AJ Styles. And that explains the five-way at Fastlane. And then you use the Elimination Chamber because Raw are going to be like, well, we haven't got a challenger now for the Universal Mm. Championship, so we're going to hold our number one contendership match in the Elimination Chamber. And And you have... Finn Balor versus the winner of the Fatal Five Way from Fastlane. All, and I was, like, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense if that Fastlane Five Way is there. I'm an idiot for not seeing this sooner. Uh, well, if you're going to have that, can I have a... So, so th- these don't count. <laughs> okay. I'm going to have Bobby Lashley. What, to win the Rumble? To win the Rumble. Oh, interesting. And face AJ Styles for the WWE title at WrestleMania, which Lashley would win and then defend the title on SmackDown uh, against Brock Lesnar, who's been drafted to SmackDown. Crikey, why where's just this ma- come I've from? I just made this up. Just made this up. I was trying to, I was like, I think Lashley might return based on reports today. Hmm. And that was the best way I could <laughs> see it happening. I reverse engineered it. But that's not my actual prediction. So enjoy the rumble tonight. Mm, maybe. Uh, I'm actually going to watch it live. No. I think I am. I'm going to go to my buddy's house and watch it live and then drive back in the morning mm. so I can get here uh, to record the Wrestle Ramble. You're going to be a sleepy Luke. Yes, that is right. We will be here again tomorrow. It's more podcast than ever with the Royal Rumble Review. God help us. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. Love you. Bye. Hey, everybody. I'm John Cena, 16-time WWE champ, saying support Wrestle Talk because they talk about wrestling, and I like it. So... Do us all a favor and subscribe, please. And thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 